0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Will Ospreay and you are listening to Busted Wide Open. Thank
1: you. (laughs) you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to our Patron Mailbag, episode number four, where we answer listener questions. Our brand new segment broken out from our normal show. My name is Nick Howell.
0: And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the Busted Wide Open podcast. As you said, Nick, this is our listener mailbag episode, and I'm loving these, man. This is where our patrons get to send in their questions, and we get to just relax and answer them, no longer confined and constrained by the the limits of a regular show we got to get to the end of the show so this is this is we broke this out so we had a little bit more time to spend on these and really uh give some thought and chew on some of the questions that you guys come up with but if you're listening to this and you're not one of our patrons then please go over to patreon.com forward slash bwo and sign up and you too can ask your questions and be featured on the show and we can we can respond to the questions that you have for us and to everyone who's already signed up Thank you guys very much for supporting this show and helping us to do what we do when we do what we do right here on this show.
1: Yes, guys, if you also want to hang out with us, you can come over to Facebook and search for Busted Wide Open. Give us a like on our Facebook page and send us a join request to get into our discussion group. It is the hub of our operation, and you can find links there to our Discord community where we've got live chats that go on for every show throughout the week as well as pay per views. It's our up and coming Discord community. Definitely want to get in there because that is where a lot of the action. Action takes place now. Not so much in the Facebook group. We still post a lot of fun memes, great news articles, all kinds of stuff. But if you want to live chat during all the shows, including pay per views, that's where the action's happening. So make sure you're getting into our Discord community as well. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live except for this week, on YouTube.com slash busted wide open. Tuesdays at eight PM Eastern, Saturdays at three PM Eastern. That's YouTube.com slash Wide open. Make sure you hit that subscribe subscribe button and the little notification bell so that you get notified anytime we put up new content or schedule new live streaming events. And thank you again, I'll echo Sir Ian Dangerous, to all of our patrons. You are the fuel that helps this machine run, and we're very excited to have this brand-new series where we're breaking out your listener questions that you guys get at the $5 tier. Just $5 a month, Sir Ian Dangerous, to be able to ask anything they want to to you and I. So where are we kicking things off today? That's a great question. It's up to you, I believe. You're
0: the one who has all the questions. I'm just sitting here waiting to be asked things and then I will respond in turn. Yes. But you're the one you're 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 running this ship, well, sir, from your from your hotel room in Vegas. Please don't get kicked out of your room today. I know they were yelling at you for being too loud yesterday with your booming voice echoing down the hallway. Yes. But uh,
1: you guys you guys please please don't enjoy get that, that out. from uh, from last night's episode yesterday's episode that is up there now finally got that done but uh, yeah I'm trying to be a little bit quieter today if you can't tell from my voice so keeping things down our first question comes in from Jacob Uhas. he asked including Oscar and Becky who is the best Royal Rumble winner of all time and that includes the rumble match performance slash how they won and their mania feud and match. I mean, there's a lot of little stipulations in there. Yeah,
0: well, but I I still think that it actually. So here's the here's the interesting thing, is that for the most of the time the rumble's been going on, the winner has gotten a title shot at WrestleMania, but there were a couple of like the first few, it was either for the the WWF Championship, or it was for a title shot, but it wasn't at WrestleMania. Um, It didn't become that until '93, I believe. But that's because in 92 was, in my opinion, the greatest Royal Rumble performance, which was Ric Flair. And he went from number three, the third entrant, all the way to the end. And then he won the WWF championship by doing so.
1: Which is where we got and, the all-time great promo of Tear in My Eye. Yeah, yeah, the Tear in My Eye.
0: Uh, I I'd, I'd have a hard time thinking of a better performance than that. Yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels going bell to bell. Certainly Ray Mysterio in 2006, I think would be my number two pick. Uh, Cause that was a really great one. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to think of anyone that's better than flair because yeah. not only that, that guy was in there working for that entire, the retire rest of that match. And on top of that, 92 is my favorite Royal rumble. I think it's the best Royal rumble. So in just a lot of ways, I have a hard time picking against flair on this question. Um, and it's I'm you know, trying to run down every Royal Rumble in my head, and those are just the ones that stick out. You know, I the Becky
1: one definitely sticks out for me. That's one. Of, if, if we're talking about modern era where the winner gets a title shot at WrestleMania, Becky's from earlier this year, where yeah. where she did the run in. Um, there was also a lot was, of stuff that was fun, yeah.
0: but again, it, it like what he said with with the match performance. It's like the one where Roman Reigns, right, when he was all against one and they were doing this thing where they wanted to make Roman Reigns the underdog and he was going to go, he was going to be the first person in and the odds were stacked against him. And then, like 10 people in, he gets injured and gets carted away and then re- heroically returns at like number 28 or 29. And everyone was just like, oh, shut up. He didn't even work the whole match. You know what I mean? Like, that's not heroic. That's just shitty booking. Uh, make your boy work basically you, you've got to go out there and work for the whole time to earn our respect that's what Ric Flair did that's what Shawn Michaels did that's what Rey Mysterio did uh, just uh, um,
1: and there's not a lot of like selling outside they the ring or, a, or any yeah, of that kind of stuff right
0: well but they, they, all those guys definitely had you know break moments but not where they were like carted away and Becky had the whole thing where she was too injured to be in the match and then she took someone's place right. and came in at like 30th and it was like ah uh, not as great of a performance. A great moment, a great story. Not as great of a performance. So I'm just going to, for the sake of brevity, Nick, I'm going to say Flair. Do you have anyone that, uh, that you have that you think would go above that? No,
1: I think the ones that you called out, uh, obviously Mysterio and Michaels, bell to bell, from a match performance standpoint and how they won. You, you got you, the the big three are Flair in 92, Mysterio in 06? Mysterio's 06, yeah. yeah 06. Uh, and, and Michaels. So uh, that's... If we're getting more into the last decade or so where what he's outlining is how their mania feud and match ended up, I mean some of the more recent ones are going to be based on what we were talking about with Becky, but there's there's you know there's stipulations didn't in there where they weren't there for the whole match and it what the performance wasn't as good.
0: didn't Ray get like didn't he lose his opportunity like he wanted the rumble and then Randy Orton beat him? On the way to WrestleMania, like he lost the opportunity, and the, but then he got like ultimately got reinserted, and it was a triple threat. I'm
1: struck, yeah, I'm struggling to remember the details of that. I feel like that was yeah. that was his champion year. Ah, that, oh, that was a yeah. long time ago. <laughs> so it wasn't the '92 Rumble? But I mean, who doesn't? Who forgets right. that one as a wrestling fan? Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, so I, I, I actually, I'm going to put Ray at a strong number two. Yeah.
1: Definitely, because I mean, he checks off all the boxes that uh, Jacob outlined here in his question. It's probably yeah. Ray for all of those. And things. O six was
0: yeah. 06 was kind of a crap Rumble. Like the the mid was just flabby, but it started hot, had some good sections, and the end was great. I loved I loved Ray beating Orton at yeah, the here's end. Here's
1: the difference for me. For, I mean, if you look at the ninety two Rumble, what made it great was that all of those guys were working the entire match. They they were in there doing stuff the entire match. Nobody was just laying in the if corner they were in there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, nobody was in the laying in the corner letting certain pairings have a moment in the middle of the ring. None of that stuff was going on. It, it, nowadays when you watch a rumble or any kind of like, you know, 50-man match, something along the 30-man match, there's a lot of focus on the the current moment that's happening in the middle of the ring. It it's not like Stone Cold comes strutting down the ramp and just starts stunnering everybody, you know. So uh,
0: I know what I know what you're saying. I think that they still had some rest moments in the first one, and they were they were letting the the centerpiece focus in the middle of the match. But there was it was certainly less so. Yeah. Whereas now it's very obviously so. so.
1: It's hard to judge the current like modern era Rumbles in the way that we judge how great the '92 Rumble was. They were, in my opinion, they were two just different styles.
0: Yeah, and to your and to your point, like when they were in the corner, they were they were certainly working harder. They weren't just sitting there like. You know, stretching the the putting the boot under the guy's throat and just stretching the leg, like Flair was in the corner giving people chops. Yeah. You know, like they were they were working Luger's still. in there beating a lot, the shit a, a out lot, of people, lot more. You know,
1: it, it, there's a lot going on in in some of those. Luger, I'm sorry, Um a British bulldog. bulldog. Thank you.
0: Yeah, he he did some work in that match too. So puffed up. You know, that, was a, that was the height of his steroid. He was puffed up like a balloon in that match. Anyway, yes. we digress.
1: Sorry, guys. Ah, been a long Rumble week. Ni- Rumble <laughs> I love the Rumble 92. I love it. Thank you, Jacob, for that awesome question. That's a really introspective one. It makes you think about what you really take away from the Royal rumble. Is it about the winner or is it about the performance in the match? And yeah, that's and that one stuff. to
0: post in the group yeah. too. Like I want to hear what everyone else's opinion is on that too. Cause like, obviously you and I are jaded cause we're, we're old men, Nick, yeah. but uh, I want to hear what everyone else, like I, I'm sure Cena is going to be some people's and I'm, I'm sure some people are going to uh, call out a lot of different people. Like I, I I'm very curious to Sean Michaels will probably be in there. I'm sure I'm, I'm curious what other people's are stone cold, that yeah. kind of thing. Like stone cold sitting up on the, on the, on the, on the turnbuckle, checking his watch. That's one of my favorite
1: rumble moments too. So nice. Anyway. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, next up. Will uh, WWE has acknowledged some of their booking or writing is broken. I f- they have, I, I, they've acknowledged I haven't that? heard that, but if they have, that's okay. Uh, I feel that one big issue currently is that they really use the weekly shows to set up pay-per-views. Without checking network numbers or profits versus TV profits, I would argue the weekly shows need great matches with feud ends or gimmick matches as much as the pay-per-views. It would be a great way to build mid-card guys and feuds while top guys save the big ones for pay-per-views or special weekly shows. Thoughts on this general fix idea?
0: So basically the the mid-card guys would have their feuds organically Going and finishing on TV, while the top feuds would only culminate at pay per
1: view. Isn't that kind of what we have already? I, I mean, I, I see his point. No, not, you don't want to no, have. I don't. So think so, the, so basically, not, really not at U.S. Pews. title and Intercontinental title matches, you would just have the main belts, the top belts across the tag teams and the uh, the top women's and men's belts be your matches on pay per views. But you know, North American title, U.S. title, tag team, or sorry, um, women's titles, things like that. I see it. I see his point.
0: Well, to be, to be clear, to be clear here, here, with Will's question here, there's one thing that he's throwing in here I want to point out. He said, um, why, why don't we have, uh, what was it? I, uh, the weekly shows need great matches with feud ends or gimmick matches. A, some just the pay-per-view. Okay, so he's actually assuming that feuds are going to end, meaning the WWE is going to write a coherent storyline all the way to its conclusion. Mm. That right there is a stretch. <laughs> 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 oh, you got it. You're talking about a company that has a hard time figuring out how to end most of their storylines because they don't know where they're going until the end of it. Right. They're, they're figuring out as they go. You know, the, uh, the, the whole Roman Reigns getting attacked storyline that we just had. What the hell did they do? What was that? And that was Roman now is a top tier mid Carter. Right? He's not a top guy. He's, he's still being booked as it sometimes, and certainly more so since the, since the uh, brand split. But for a while there, he was a, a, like a just under the main event, top mid-card guy. They pushed him down a little bit, deservedly so because he's, he's still getting better. And, and frankly, I think we all enjoy him better in that role. But they had no idea where they were going with that. Right. And if that had been a feud that they could have paid off, if that if that had been a coherent storyline that they could have followed, it wouldn't have mattered if it ended on a pay per view or on TV. You know, as long as it ended and we were satisfied. Like, let's start with that before we start worrying about when things are ending. Because I, I think that what he's pointing out here is something that is conventional across all media: is you do the big beats uh, at your season finales, right? Yes. If you're if you're doing if you're doing a show, right. Your big beats, your big main storylines come to a cliffhanger or come to a conclusion at your season finale. Your little things get worked out through the episode. And that's basically what he's saying here. Just, that's just, I think, common sense storyline storytelling. Um, and in the, t- in the sense of financially, like if you're, if you're building towards a pay-per-view, you actually want all of your storylines to culminate there so everyone is forced to buy the pay-per-view. Right. But the pay-per-view model doesn't really work anymore because most people are getting their pay-per-views on the the network for $10 a month. So, while yes, they they still want us to watch their pay-per-views so that we, you know, get the network, it's not the same incentive as before where like they've really got to work to get you to shell out 50 bucks.
1: I mean, you could just go create a new email address every other month and get watch the pay-per-view. For, for yeah, 30, get for get free. free for 30 first 30 days including WrestleMania. Sure. I mean, and
0: I think I I don't know if they've uh gotten it now where they're checking your isp or not but i i somehow i doubt it no. but the the point is is that you know it's, the, their pay-per-view model is no longer really there so they could do more of will's idea here now um more of tr- you know the traditional storytelling uh trope that you could do that more but again i think it really comes down to their inability to do that they just they just the way that they write you know that are hot shotting at the last second because of vince all the time, and
1: and I think the world so, has changed, and and they changed with it in the right way. I, I, you know, I've told the story about how, what was it when double or nothing happened at Memorial Day earlier this year, six months ago, I actually struggled to spend sixty dollars. Yeah. I, I had to sit there on the couch and talk myself into it. So I don't know if there's an appetite. You do, after- do a show and I do. Yeah, and but- I do. And so I'm saying that from my perspective, you're absolutely right. Yeah. The world has changed. New Japan and WWE have both changed with it, with their streaming services for roughly 10 bucks a month. And yeah. it's changed the way that, like you said, that the, the way that they would book a pay-per-view in order to drive viewership and pay-per-view buys. Right. But I, I think one of the tragic flaws that they haven't changed is starting at the end and working backwards. What's the outcome you want? What do you like? You mentioned the Daniel Bryan, the Roman Reigns, somebody tried to kill him thing. Had that had the end game of that been evil mastermind, Daniel Bryan, and then they just figured out how to get there. Yes. Then there would have been something in there along the way that would have made that, you know, we could have gone on that journey, but there were no indications. We were just left. We have no idea. And frankly, it ended up with like this handshaking, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns moment, and it really didn't get an end. And now Roman and yeah. they're off doing separate things.
0: And they were trying to get they were trying to get Rowan over, and it didn't get him over. Yeah. They tried to get Luke Harper back and interested, and he's disappeared again. Right. Uh, so yeah, that, that whole thing is just I, to me an example of. The worst kind of storytelling in WWE, where they don't really have an end game; they don't know where they're going with it, or sometimes it even changes as they're going through it. Um, I don't know if WWE themselves have acknowledged their booking and writing problems, but certainly people who used to work there, uh, Wade Keller gets a lot of those guys on his show. You hear a lot of them on uh, across several podcasts where they're interviewed, ex WWE writers, um, who are like, "Yeah, that we." We're, we have no idea what we're doing.
1: <laughs> we, and even there's if no we plan. did, Vince... There's no plan. Vince still has the ability to walk in, tear the show up an hour before the event, and rewrite everything.
0: Not just the ability. He does it regularly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can't imagine working in that environment. I, I feel so bad for the horde of writers that they have working there yeah. um, in that environment. Just based on what I've heard from people who have worked there for years and the environment. And yeah, it just, it sounds obviously, you know, our sample size is people who no longer work there for whatever reason they don't work there. If people still, you know, people that are still working there, maybe they're happy. The long tenured people there, maybe they're happy doing that. But from the people that come out, even like the ones that are like, yeah, you know, I left on my own terms. I don't bear a grudge. They're like, yeah, it's chaos, man. That writing, that writing system there is nuts. And I think until they fix that, we're going to have stuff like the Roman Reigns storyline happen and, and more. The, the Dean Ambrose, where Vince is sitting there going, no, no, it's hilarious. It's good shit. Uh, put a gas you mask know, on. Put a gas mask on. Him. Put him in, a, in brightly colored basketball shorts and call him
1: Shorty G. You're scared of all these diseased people.
0: <laughs> Everyone in the audience has a disease, and you're scared of them. You're scared, kid. You got it? All right, pal. Go out there and give it your best.
1: Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know
0: why. I don't know why my events just turn into Richard Nixon. But just go with it.
1: Go I with do it. a lot of presentations professionally, like off the show. And one of the things, uh, you know, I, I always start with. I tell stories, right? That's what I what I do when I present technology to people. I and we always start with outcomes. What is it, Mister Customer, that you would like to have happen? And then we figure out a way to get you there. And that's that's the the one thing that for me that's missing is that yeah. that's. It's just a writing technique. It feels so haphazard and ad hoc at the whims of a seventy three year old man, however old he is now, whatever he feels like doing that week is, is what's gonna happen. So all that other stuff goes out the window. Why even have an R. And what's of
0: crazy, yeah, and what's crazy is is like some some of these wrestlers are some of the best storytellers you're gonna find. Right. Like there's a reason why a lot of these guys come out of WWE and go on speaking tours because they're amazingly engaging. When they speak, because when they speak, they are able to tell a story in a charismatic way to an audience. If you ever see uh, Jake the Snake speak, if you ever see Jesse Ventura speak, Mick Foley is a fantastic example. He's been doing a whole career of him just going around talking about stuff, usually hell in a cell, yeah. you know. But he, they're fantastic orators because they understand how to tell a story, how to bring you along on the process. So that you're engaged in everything they're saying. You're excited about what comes next. You want to hear what they're going to say next. And so that right there, you have a bunch of these guys, theoretically, there to, who are able to, to have this talent. What, use them. Use them. All you need is the beats. And they're going to go out there, and they're going to fill in the story for you. Theoretically, that's, that's, the, that's how the concept, how it should work. Right? Yep. So, Yeah. It's pretty wild. And again, we're just talking about WWF right now, WWE. Um, you know, there's, there's differences across, like you said, I'm curious to see where AEW goes with the storytelling. Um, it all varies pretty wildly, but that's, that's that in my opinion, I think that will's, will's right on the idea of the format, but I think it's a deeper
1: problem. than it that. It is. It's deeper seated for sure. Thank you, will for that question. Really good stuff. Uh, next up, Billy, just looking at the NXT run, who has the better combination? Was it strong in O'Reilly or Fish and O'Reilly. Oh,
0: that's tough. I do love me some Red Dragon.
1: So if I'm looking just at stats and NXT run, as you called out, it's it's going to be strong in O'Reilly because Fish has been out for the majority of it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with you. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Although that hurts because I really do love yeah. Fish and O'Reilly, and I hope they get a lot more time to work and show what they're capable of. Uh, they also had one of the best matches against uh, uh, Mustache, Mustache Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. But it wasn't like Strong and O'Reilly were putting up duds; they were putting up all time classics as well. Man, that's a this is a. I think right now, because as you said, Nick Fish has been out for so long, and this is just NXT run. We're not talking about Red Dragon outside of NXT, right. so that's why that's why I'm
1: I'm keeping he this. said specifically just looking at yes, the NXT, just run. NXT.
0: Yep, yep, yep. It's easily Strong and um, O'Reilly. Right, right, right. There. I'm going to give it a slight edge to Strong and O'Reilly right now but fish and o'reilly obviously will be doing this for a while longer so give them some time and ultimately i hope hopefully fish can catch up yeah, because ask it's, me not, that it's not question six much. months
1: from now and it's very likely to be fishing it may be very different yeah. yes exactly
0: exactly i think that's about as clean as an answer we're going to get for that yep
1: awesome thank you billy <laughs> uh next up eric little eric ellidge i honor in sure. in honor of halloween oh god yes. all this question Yes. We've been sweating over this one uh for the last few days, Eric. Um in honor of Halloween we, we have? What's one which one's this? In honor of Halloween coming, which one of these things are scarier? Are you ready for this? Which one's scarier? Okay. One Brock Lesnar sized horn swoggle <laughs> or ten horn swaggle sized <laughs> Brock Lesners. <laughs> um you know, oh, I start theory crafting in my head about, can he still do all the same moves if he's a smaller version? Is he still as intimidating? Is he still as powerful? So in that case, is obviously, like 10 ants? would be. Is scary. this like ants where like you get when you get like stronger? Is
0: it like percentage of, of like your body weight? Like, you know, like like ants can lift 100 times their weight right. because they're so small. Like as Brock shrinks, does he get like he can he can lift more of his relative body weight. So like you got 10 Brock Lesnar's, all of whom who can F5 a truck. But then like hornswoggle could like barely lift a child kind of thing is yeah, that but he's is the that size that of Brock Lesnar but, but he, he could barely size lift a brock child. Yeah.
1: I mean obviously my uh, it's, it's, if that's the case it's going to be 10 Brock Lesners who cares what size they are whether they're hornswoggle gonna, size or I'm brock size. Gonna, dude I'm going to take 10 Brock Lesnars
0: because Brock Lesnar could can break your limbs. Yeah. Right? And I don't it, hornswoggle's what? 3 foot 5, 4 like maybe four at feet most. Tall, yeah. Maybe maybe 4 at the at the upper end. Yeah you give me three Brock Lesnar's at that height. And like, I'm just assuming he's still, he's still like, you know, like Hornswoggle's got a little bit, a little bit shorter legs, you know, like his proportions are a little bit off, but I'm assuming that we're just like shrink raying Brock Lesnar. I like would like put him on a, like a 1950s sci-fi movie shrink ray And he's shrinks down, but he's still like proportionally the same with like the huge scary traps and the, and like the, the beady little eyes and the, the sawed off teeth and everything. Like he's just little Brock Lesnar. I'm still more scared of little Brock Lesnar than I am a full size,
1: size swaggle. Let me see if I can scare you a little bit more. Okay. What if you had like the bottom half as horn swaggle and the top half as like a normal size Brock Lesnar? <laughs> like some weird kind of Frankenstein of the two. That's like a Looney Tune. Yeah. Yeah. And like when he
0: walks, you'd like, like that. You got the, the giant li- 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 chest li- with the li- 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 little legs that are just running.
1: Yeah, like. <laughs>
0: um, well, I'd be less scared of that because I could outrun him.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or could you? I don't his know.
0: Little, his, little, his little legs couldn't keep up with that giant upper body. Well, he'd probably be pulling himself along by his big arms. You know, that's a terrifying image. Oh, no, nah, rock, <laughs> rock is coming for you. Rock is coming for you. Um, yeah, I mean, be like like, like, a, like, a, like, a gorilla where he's just kind of like, you know, putting both hands down, swinging his lower body through yeah. and then, you know, planting with two legs and then swinging his body through. Oh my God, that's I'd terrifying. Be, that's, a, that's, yeah, it's a terrifying image. Nick, why would you do oh, that? God. Um, it's funny because they've got guys who are kind of like that in, uh, in Borderlands. If you play video games at all, if you play Borderlands, yes. especially the new one, they've got uh little people in that and then they've got like these huge goliath dudes with like tiny little legs but like enormous upper bodies and all i can think of when i hear this question is like next time i see those guys you'll be like oh, "It's brock Lesnar swoggle it's brock swoggle oh god
1: les swoggle I'm shoot him I'm oh boy shoot
0: him even fast les swoggle no, that's a whole different thing oh, my boy. friend
1: yeah that's 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 for a different <laughs> podcast altogether oh man eric thanks oh, for the man. question man that's a lot of fun and as much as we love scary stuff in Halloween, uh, that's, that's really timely. Thank you. Uh, n- I, yeah, I, I love scary stuff in Halloween. Oh,
0: yeah. Horror Palooza, uh, another horror podcast streaming now. Subscribe where you find podcasts.
1: Uh, <laughs> next up, Josh. We are getting a nice resurgence in wrestling with AEW starting, NWA coming back, and New Japan making a move into the States. If you guys were to start a new promotion... Oh, God. What would be your main areas of focus, and what would you do to set yourself apart from all other companies? Oh, Jesus. You know what? That's a bonus episode. That's a whole bonus episode right there. So, Josh, I have a proposal for you. Um, Ian, wow. Ian, you stick, yeah. stick with me on this one. Okay. Um, Josh, I'd like to do that, if you're okay with it. I'd like to do that as our November patron bonus episode, seeing as oh. you are a patron. And this is for these are questions for patrons. I'd like to actually take that one.
0: Oh, so you and I would like step back and like really, yeah. Let's create, let's pap- create our own put promotion. Put pen to paper on this. Yeah, oh, interesting.
1: So there's a lot of things that I would do different. Writing styles, uh, the level of soap opera versus performance. You know, th- oh, I'm sure there's tons sure. of things that I have to say, and we could spend an hour talking about that. But to give that one Easy. justice, I would. Okay. I hope I hope you're okay with that. Yeah, Josh.
0: I hope I, I. I'm definitely okay with that because my my mind was just spinning. I'm like, oh God, where do I even start? Yeah, with that. Like that was gonna take me ten minutes just to think about it. No, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do a whole. Let's do a whole bonus episode on that. I know. I, I know.
1: I also owe you patrons, you ten dollar patrons, the uh, the back half of the year of my fantasy booking, uh, which is in the works. Oh yes,
0: we're so owed that. Listen,
1: look at how things have turned out. Anyway, we're not going to re re. You know, we don't need to resaddle that horse. Oh God!
0: You even got the real rock and roller coming See? back. See, there uh. we go.
1: So a oh, lot's changed, it. and I've had to change some things in the way I thought about things, but I'm trying not to they de-
0: gave you shit. They, they gave you stuff to gloat about. Like, WWE even gave you stuff to gloat about. Well, see, Dominic's involved. Finn Balor, real rock and roller. Yeah. See? OC. Called it. Phenomenal ones. Oh, my
1: God. Oh, my God. Josh, I hope you're okay with that. But, yeah, Ian, let's put that down. That's going to be the November... Patron bonus episode. We'll do that question where we create okay. our own promotion. And hey, and then just, I'm going to be starting December to. Play, if they ever get it fixed, I, I'm going to uh, be playing WWE 2K20 on. Oh God! And, and you know, some of that could tie into the storyline that we do in the show in the universe mode, where we uh, where we build our own promotion on Twitch as well in the game. So that could be very meta. Uh, this question, Josh. So let's see how all of this all plays right. out. Um, but we're going to reserve that one for the November bonus. Hope you're cool All with right. that. And then December,
0: we may be uh, <clears throat> blessed with your booking. With
1: uh, the, the Christmas gift of oh. Nick's <laughs> second-half fantasy booking.
0: <laughs> I am going to be so drunk on holiday beer for that episode oh, just to get through it. <laughs> oh, That's a drunk episode for Ian right there. Thank you,
1: Josh. Uh, stay tuned on that one for a few more weeks. We'll get that out to you. Uh, next up, Billy. Uh conspiracy theory time. Ooh yes.
0: Ooh, where's my tinfoil
1: hat? All right, he says Jim Cornette is a crazy old turd. That much is known. <laughs> well. Okay. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. yeah all right. And, uh, all right. But he also I, I think does, he I think he I think he'd call himself that too. He probably would. But he also do, he'd probably be have an F bomb in there though.
0: I'm a crazy F and old coot
1: Yep. But he also does a lot of work with indie promotions. He has uh, these weekly rants about, quote, outlaw wrestlers. Mud wrestlers. Yeah, mud wrestlers that draw tons of hate. Mud uh, uh, But lo- loads of support for these wrestlers. Does he do this on purpose to get support for these guys and attention, or is he just straight-up turd nugget?
0: I think it depends on the person. I think there's people that he genuinely does not like. He doesn't like their style and he's against them. And I think there's guys that he's actually, um, doing work for, if you will, mm-hmm. like in the, in the old, in the old carny sense of it, where he's, he's, uh, he's making himself the heel to get them over essentially. Right. And I think it's a case, case by case basis. Um, like for instance, I genuinely think he and Sammy Callahan now have heat. um, just because of how that all went down. But I think first it started in his face. I think it started as a, as a work and made its way into a shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think he genuinely doesn't like Kenny Omega's style and they've had enough sniping back and forth at this point. You have to look at the fact that if Cornette calls them out by name, right? I think he's trying to, I think he could be possibly, I always like, you know, you never know. Cause there's so much, so many layers of kayfabe going on. Right. Uh, but I feel like if Cornette is calling someone out by name, then he's he's smart enough to know that giving like putting their name out there is giving them attention. It's giving them clicks, it's giving them heat. And if he doesn't mention their name, he just says those guys over there doing that thing mm. then it's less so. Now they've gotten him reviewing all of the shows on his podcast right now. Hey, what are your thoughts on the Matt Riddle and Cameron Grimes match? What are your thoughts on the Lucha brothers versus private party match? Like they've got him watching the shows and weighing in, but with those, a lot of the time it does feel like he's giving his genuine opinion and he'll like, he'll be even handed on things like where he, like with Matt Riddle, he's very even handed about how he talks about the guy. Yeah. Right. Where I don't feel like he's putting him over and I don't feel like he's burying him. Um, but then there's some guys where he just, he'll do his best to not say their name. I think he's there with Kenny Omega now, where he just doesn't like even saying his name. Um, when it comes to guys who are in promotions, he's doing work for, whether that's NWA or MLW or anything else that he's working with. Um, it's the, the line is a little bit more blurred where I've got to look more at how he's the work he's doing with them in the actual company itself, if he's working heel in that company, um, and if, you know, how much he's saying their name and in what context, because here's the thing. Yes. He's a crazy old coot. He's also smart as a whip. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. Is that he comes off as crazy because he's just, he's crotchety. He's cranky, right? That's where his crazy is, is he just has no filter and he's crotchety. But, he's also an extremely, extremely smart guy. So I never take anything necessarily at service level.
1: I mean, my answer is really simple. I've been around several savants in my life, one for mathematics and physics and one for as a musician. Um, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate and, and, that. They're very nice of you. Oh, that's awkward. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, so I've been, but it's funny how people that have, Though that mental capacity also tend to have some sort of social dynamic issue, uh, whether that's a filter, <laughs> yeah. whether that's a, um, a ADHD or something along the or somewhere on the spectrum, right? But there's yeah. a level of of just savantness to just absolute brilliance, whether it's just an encyclopedic memory or an ability to problem solve in a way that nobody else can. I I think Jim Cornette is one of those people that just has that encyclopedic savant character trait to him, but he also just has that inability to filter and nor does he have any desire to zero desire he's made a lot of his
0: career on his inability to have a filter
1: but you put him in front look at look at what's happening on nwa power right now you put him in front of a microphone and he's right back to 30 years ago where he's just calling stuff and it's high pitch high action jim cornette and he's just back right back into the saddle and and it's brilliant those boys couldn't whip cream with a chainsaw he's crazier than a rainbow
0: trout in in a car wash just brilliant
1: and if you've seen the interviews and the specials of his attic, his special like wrestling museum that he's got yeah. with original programs dating back to the turn of the 20th century. That he
0: would, that he would save in a fire before his wife.
1: Right. So I just, <laughs> oh my God, the amount of knowledge that this guy has at, you know, just at will. He can just pull all yeah. of this stuff, pluck all this stuff out of his head where we have to go look stuff up sometimes. It, that th- there's, there's a level that I have. I have a theory that I think Jim Cornette's a savant. He's just you know really what Jim Cornette has
0: never forgotten. What? Jim Cornette has not forgotten where the Midnight Express came from. Just saying, he he hasn't.
1: Okay. Thanks, thanks, no John. Problem, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you for calling me a savant, Billy.
1: Thank it. you very much. I appreciate the question. That's a good one. Uh, Sean next up hits us with a with a two parter here. So. He says, I'm caring less and less about the main roster shows, probably because Wednesdays have now become so good. That and Helena Cell being such hot garbage. They run two to four shows a year that are irrelevant to stories, such as the Saudi shows and usually one or two super shows. It makes continuity and storytelling all but impossible, and it's their own fault. Do you guys hold on to any hope? or is this just what the modern product from them is going to be? As in, it is what it is. Pull me back right. in, guys. Give me some hope. Thanks for being awesome. You give me the only podcast I contribute to. Uh, so oh, I, brother, I, I guess you. at least WWE gave me that. Oh, the feels. <laughs> well, oh, the feels. You, brother. They're me. Thank you, Sean.
0: It's funny. This is this is the second time we've had a listener question in, I think, two or three weeks, where someone has said, pull me back from the ledge on main roster WWE. Yeah. And, and I think I'm going to say the same thing here, which is, No, I'm not going to pull you back. I, I, you know, we, there's so much content out there right now that you can walk away from the main roster if you're not feeling it. And I don't know if you'll feel the loss. You might be, you might, you know, be like, Oh, I wonder what Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns are up to, but you know, we'll tell you here. Um,
1: you can tell you you on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and every friggin' social platform out there.
0: Bingo. You can always catch like the highlights on, on YouTube if you need that. Um, but, you know, you do have so many alternatives now. And to answer specifically that, that question, you know, do we hold any hope? Of this? Is this what the modern product is going to be? It's what the modern product has been and it's going to continue to be um, I, in terms of like the multiple other shows, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, the Saudi shows and so forth. This is what it's going to be until they're forced to do otherwise because they're making so much money doing it. Yeah. and. Until Vince is forced to change, and this is the thing that's been Vince for his entire career, for all of WWE, until he's forced to change, he's going to do what he wants to do.
1: Vince going to Vince.
0: Vince going to Vince. And right now, Vince has no reason to not Vince. Now, talk to us in six months, because if their ratings are tanking on Fox, then that's going to be rough for them, and Fox moves them to FS1 every Friday instead of, you know, primetime, and their contract isn't renewed, like, that's going to really force them to look hard at themselves. But, uh, you know, or AEW starts surging, and they start getting beaten, all all of their shows, main, main roster included, start getting beaten by AEW. Uh, that's a long way for that happening, but consistently at least, I think. But, hey man, six months a year, a lot can happen. And, I, you know, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that WWE could continue to just blatantly dig themselves into a hole here, and uh, and ultimately cut off their own legs.
1: Look at what well, we had because leading I, up to Mania, and then so it's been about six months now, a little over six months since WrestleMania. Look what's happened. But I mean, look back at their
0: product in 2013 to now. Oh, sure.
1: Look how much it's changed. Oh,
0: sure. You know, I mean, it's and and not necessarily even for the better. They've they've shifted some things around. But uh, yeah, I think more and more people are getting consistently discontent with it. And to the point where, you know, they're, they're driving a lot of people away. They're still having a, they have a pretty core audience that's staying fairly consistent. But it's, it's, that top level is just being, it's being just kind of, uh, what is it? Like we use a plane to, to plane off wood. Right. Right. It, they're taking off, it's shaving off a little bit of that uh, every year. And all, of the, all they need is for like a, a couple of big hits. Dude, 3,000 people watched them for Raw in the UK this week. That's unbelievable. Down from like
1: 50,000 three weeks ago. Yeah, I wonder that's if that's,
0: that's got to be a fluke. I mean, like you said, the rugby, maybe something. That's got to be something. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where if I were them, and they haven't, you know, I use this analogy all the time on the show, Nick, the toad in the boiling water. Right? If you drop a toad into boiling water, it'll jump out because it knows it's hot and it doesn't want to, you know, it, it knows it's going to be hurt if it stays in there. Yeah. It knows it's going to die. So it jumps right out. But if you put the toad in room temperature water and slowly turn up the heat, it'll just sit in there until it's boiled. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeing with WWE where I'm like, dude, this is, do they not realize how low their ratings have gotten relative to what it was? can we but you know counter that can we even consider that as a metric anymore are they seeing metrics that we're not seeing in terms of their online views and their engagements and so forth and that's what they're banking on now yeah, is it
1: a relative shift in viewership that they can make yeah. sense of combining social media view- viewership and engagement with the network you know sure but
0: but the the counter to that is what does fox want does fox is Fox okay with, with having it all be online engagement, or do they need like three, four million people on a Friday night watching their show? Because they can't be the fourth-rated network on Friday nights. That's not what they paid them a billion
1: dollars for. Right. So ratings do matter to WWE. They do. They absolutely do. Uh, and ultimately, what we're talking about was what killed the XFL. You know, a part, one of the many things it was that it just didn't get the ratings, and nobody wanted to do ad buys obviously. on it. And, you know... So I think we're, yep. we're seeing that kind of happen all over again, this time to Fox instead of NBC. So I'm anxious well, to see, does this transcend into the XFL 2.0 again? Are we going to do all this same shit over again 20 years uh, hopefully later?
0: Not as, hopefully not as quickly because XFL died real quick. Yeah, it did. Real quick. Yep. All they did was run over into Saturday Night Live once, and
1: they were like, all right, you guys are done. Yep. Uh, I don't have too much to add to that, other than you know, just the reminder that there's a lot of talk happening right now in the business of professional wrestling around ratings. The only people that matters to are those trying to sell ad buys. Now, yes. it can be used as an indicator of you know how many eyeballs and what age groups are watching your product, but I think there's a lot of other math and and big data that happens behind the scenes in the viewership on the network how many of you listening right now watch raw live instead of watching raw on hulu the next day or on the network a few days later or on the usa app a week later you know those don't count towards these ratings or dvr counts towards ratings because it counts as towards a it does it does yes They'd, okay. I thought if, they you, a if you DVR, it, it. they count it towards that, but there's a special little asterisk that it's a DVR. It's not a live right. view, right? right? Exactly. But it's, it does still count towards the ratings. But it, how many... I would say a pro, I would say we're getting to a point where it's at least 50-50, if not halfway, where people are consuming it in other means than having cable subscriptions. And it, that's a very real thing to keep in mind. So I want to just rehash that first point. The only people concerned about ratings are those that work in marketing and PR that are concerned about bringing in money for from ad buys. And if those ratings continue to go down, that means that there's not going to be any ad buys or the value of those ad slots are not going to be as high as they maybe were first perceived. And that's where the business implications start to come into play. It's not going to matter whether or not the content's being consumed in some way, shape, or form. That's all that that really yeah. co- contributes who's, to. Who's, who's watching our ads? Right. Who who's watching that Audi ad that I paid you $500,000 to play twice in that three hour or
0: who, who potentially who potentially is watching right. it, it, I think
1: it's more than the thing, you know, and, and yeah, NXT's got a compelling position. A successful 55 year old man that's watching professional wrestling probably uh, has the capacity to buy an Audi. Just mm. as an example, that's the way they well, that's, think, targeting. Right? that's targeting, That's just targeted, targeted yeah. advertising. So when you, but they would we,
0: rather target to the 18 to 49. That's why that's the more totally. And that's, I'm, I'm giving
1: an example specific to the ratings that we constantly call out and talk about, right? When they say mm. median age, that's what the ad buyers, such as the, the people selling or putting the commercials on, you know, that's why we get a lot of, you know, I call it old people medicine ads. You know, you'll see that a lot in sports you know and it is what it is it's just targeted advertising based on what those demographics tell people that is the only thing that matters when it comes to ratings not it has it really has it can be a an indicator a needle on a dial but it's that's all really when it comes to who's consuming the product that you're creating that's, sorry sorry for the dissertation and lecture on <laughs> stuff there but i i want people to keep that in mind because it's constantly talking you're a
0: storyteller nick yeah storyteller you're
1: yeah yeah i want people to yeah, just kind of take a deep breath and relax and stop talking about we, we highlight the ratings on this show but when when i start seeing it have multiple conversations we had a conversation that that turned awkward in the group this last week over ratings and you know, there was implications of racism and things like that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Sl- oh, I missed yeah. that one. Slow down, guys. It just it, The ratings are not that important, right? It's, uh, the point I'm trying to make is that it's only for people selling ads. It's not for any of us. That's all. Right.
0: But ultimately, that has implications for the company.
1: It, it a, bit in a From a business perspective, it has massive implications on the amount of mm-hmm. money they're able to garner from advertisers, and that has implications for Fox as well. So
0: and it has well for them and that for their deal with Fox for their renewing that Hundred percent
1: and it'll yep. it'll influence decisions based on whether they keep them at prime time on Friday nights on the main network show, uh, si- exactly. single digit Which channel or they... are you going down to channel 400 <laughs> exactly oh you're going to do a two one. hour crown jewel commercial yeah we got the World Series dude piss off yeah right yep. what t- already, 50 already million happened. people are going to watch the World Series what are you going to do with your 2 million people right. <laughs> So that's the kind of stuff that that influences all of those, and you know, I I just wanted I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, Sean did follow up with uh, a more positive question. Okay. Uh, he says, "I love AEW; it's hitting all on all cylinders for my enjoyment. Do you think they'll grow or pretty much settle into these numbers? And what would you guys do to pump those ratings?" So again, more ratings conversation here.
0: Yeah, but I I think we can pretty much this hit this point, one. At- yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think right now I, I'm waiting to see because it's only like three weeks in um, and the numbers have dropped every week, but that's against the World Series for the most part. I'm waiting to see what they do in November. Do they settle at around a million? Uh, do they continue to fall? Do they grow a little bit? What happens next? Because that's it's hard for me to answer this question on, on only three weeks. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like they've settled yet. I don't feel like I know for sure who's going to be there watching them every week. There was certainly a curiosity factor that first week. They got a, a, you know, one and a half million people to watch and then now we're down under a million. Um, so they obviously big drop off in terms of that. But I think part of what they're going to need to do as far as pumping ratings is what I call water cooler content where NXT did that wonderfully this week. Where they, they left the show at a point where the next day you go, dude, dude, around the water cooler, you said, hey, man, did you watch NXT last night? Finn Balor turned heel, right? Now, again, it's trickier to have spoiler that these alert. days. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, it's trickier to have that these days because back in the day, there was no other way to watch the content but on tv and so you talked about it around the water cooler now it's like you know you're on the water cooler you pull out your phone and you show them on on your phone right, the there's a twitter turn deal on NXT. You know,
1: right exactly a million people have retweeted because wwe posted it instead of driving people to the show
0: so it doesn't work quite as well now you have to have more long-term compelling storylines to get people to want to tune in tune in every week so it's a bit of a different game but the theory is still there you need to create tv that people are going to want to come back and watch every week and if you look at shows like that that are that were hugely popular culturally things in the rafters
1: we gotta go we'll see you next with, week you know that no i'm talking
0: stuff. about like like well yeah right exactly but that's that's water cooler stuff where you know oh my god did you see wcw last night? Sting was in the rafters they had to go out we have no idea what happens you know, that doesn't that doesn't work these days because you know youtube clips but if you look at like some of the biggest cultural shows breaking bad uh, game of thrones sopranos any of those lost whatever Maybe not lost. They lost a bad example because they're writing, but uh, they grew. They grew an audience every season because more and more people were getting into their stories. More and more people were like, "Wait, what's happening over there?" Breaking Bad is really a great good example
1: of that. Breaking Bad and House of Lies, I think, were the ones that really kicked off the whole concept of binge watching. When 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 Breaking Bad showed up on Netflix, you can go find this data out there that Netflix shared. Uh, it there was this. Catch-up mentality that happened, yeah, and you know people that great. They were on live on TV. They were on like season five or six, but the first three seasons showed up on Netflix, and you could just see that it was the top show on Netflix, right? And that that catch-up mentality, I think, is what you're alluding to here the the ability to to
0: everyone else is excited about this. I want to get in on it as well, and it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. FOMO, and I think that it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, people aren't going to have a fear of missing out with AEW as, in the same way because you're not going to go back and rewatch all the old episodes. But you're going to want to catch up in the sense that you're, gonna, you know, if people get excited enough about the program, it's going to draw in outside people. It's it's exactly how the Attitude Era worked in terms of getting those big numbers because more and more people started getting excited about Stone Cold Steve Austin and what's going on on that TV, uh, that, that TV station. What are people excited about? Holy crap! This really is exciting and fun. You know, And more people started, started watching it and becoming engaged in it. And that theory goes for any TV show at any time across uh, 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 ever, like ever. That's how it works. So that is what they should be striving for. And unfortunately, WWE is still tr- trying to get moments at this point. They're not going for storylines. They're going for moments. They're shooting for the water cooler YouTube people. Right. Right. Here, check this out on YouTube. This Facebook was something shares cooler.
1: or retweets. Right.
0: Braun Strowman flip the truck. Boom. There you go. You have to know you don't have to know anything else about it, but you know, five million people watch Braun flip a truck. And in the fast and food era of
1: social media, a one minute video clip is a lot easier to get engagement on and to gauge interest than it is to ha- see what the ratings were on a three hour show on a Monday night.
0: Sure. But the thing right. is that they're gonna have to make the kind of program that people are going to want to tune in for. If we're talking, I mean, his question was strictly about ratings. Yeah. They're going to have to make a program that people are going to want to tune in for because of the storylines and because they're getting engaged with the characters and they want to see what happens to the characters. Not because, you know, they want to see something big and crazy happen because you can just watch that and a clip by the water cooler.
1: But is what we talked about it on yesterday's show as well with uh, AEW spreading across five or six different YouTube series. Now they're they're kind of doing the same thing. So there's a little bit of a flaw here in the uh, in the assumption that AEW needs to do anything else because I think that kind of extracurricular or auxiliary stuff that we just kind of talked about WWE doing AEW has embraced and is doing as well across social media and YouTube. So I'm not sure. So the question was, do you think they'll grow or pretty much I'm assuming you're talking about growing on their viewership on TNT when you ask that, um, because I think they're growing across the board in all facets, all all always shapes and forms, or are they pretty much going to settle into these numbers, meaning the current roughly 1 million viewers on TNT every week, what would you guys do to goose those ratings or pump those ratings? It's it's kind of what they did this week. Have have some of those bigger moments. Goose yep. the ratings. Show a big tag match with a with a finish that you didn't really maybe see coming. Yeah, th- little things like that that will not only goose the social media and the water cooler talk, but also just put on a good show.
0: Yeah, engaging characters, engaging storylines, yeah. surprising moments. You're going to want to watch the show because you're going to be entertained for two hours.
1: Two hours of AEW this week juxtaposed with the two hour Crown Jewel commercial I got two nights later. You tell me which, (laughs) if you had to sit in a room and pick which one of those you wanted to watch, you could only watch one. Yeah. It'd be an easy choice. So I think if they continue to do, if they continue to learn the lessons of modern era WWE and continue to do the kind of show that AEW is doing now, they're going to do really well and it'll grow over time. And I don't even want to gauge it, not only now during the World Series, uh, it, you've also got the holidays coming up. I'm looking at this at like a six to twelve month run. I want to see at the end of 2020, a year from now. How are we talking about uh, AEW? Yeah, right. And
0: I'm curious. I, I don't have it in front of me. I don't. I didn't. Uh, I forgot to write down and find out how long the TNT contract f- was for with them. I think they've got a little bit of wiggle room right now. The other thing is, as long as they're going head to head with NXT and winning, they'll probably be okay. Yeah. So. Right now they're they're crushing NXT in the prop in the right demo. So as long as they can go to TNT with that, I think they should be okay for a while.
1: Agreed. Thank you very much, Sean. That was a really good question. Um, and don't sweat the ratings so much, guys. That's moral of the story. <laughs> well, but that's come on, Nick. We've gotta we have to know who's winning. We have to know who's winning. WWE's
0: lost they lost thirty thousand people this week. Oh God, it's the end of the world. Right.
1: But there's no. I, but, but there's We, no we, do. we talk about the if you don't have
0: any idea of. We talk about the ratings all the all the time on this show too, because they are relevant. It, they're, they sure. are relevant, but it's. Yeah,
1: we're it, we're a it's news outlet stuff. for for lack of a better word, right? So I mean, it's it's our well, duty it to, to report those. It, you know, I, it, it is what it is. <laughs> duty. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, next up, we got the champ, champ, Mr. Andy. Where do you oh, see? Oh,
0: he's got his defense. He's got his defense coming up in three weeks. Oh
1: yeah, get ready. Oh man, I, I, I want to see yourself. those promos, guys. I want to see you guys cut promos <laughs> oh, on Jesus. Andy. That you're, you, especially you patrons, because this is going to be for you guys. Wow,
0: Nick Collin, we out are going to be doing Look at this.
1: Listen, we are going to be doing the patron pickums again for Survivor Series. Heads yeah. up. So I want to start Woo-hoo, seeing and hearing how you guys are going to take that title off the the, <laughs> the champ the reigning, defending, undisputed BWO Pickhams champion, Andy yeah, Jessup. Will Jacob,
0: will Jacob get his championship
1: back? Oh, That's the question. Yeah. Or no, he, he, uh, he,
0: no it was Andy was in the... Who was champ before? Justice. It was, oh, sorry, it was Justice. Justice
1: stutterer I know he's gunning to get his championship oh, back. Oh, man. yeah. So I want to see those promos in the group, guys, and we'll share them all out on uh, Instagram, and I'll have a good time with it over the next month. But yeah, let's go, Andy. Let's have some fun uh andy asks where do you see all the major u.s promotions in 10 years wwe aew ring of honor impact nwa do you you see them still in operation or extinct also will any other promotions grow to be a major player in the same time period that's that's a second question i want to talk about i mean like let's so again earlier i was talking about outcomes let's let's rewind the clocks 10 years ago to 2009 where we were
0: it was all there was was WWE. Yeah. The, like Ring of Honor was like
1: yeah New Japan, but it was struggling a little bit. It, New,
0: J- New Japan was just starting to yeah. f- like come like, back Tanahashi a bit.
1: Was about to was was Yeah, it was about to blow it up. Yeah, and, and then so you had they, the, they were just, the, they were bul- the their Bullet stride. Club came in and was like 20, 2012 with with Balor. Um, yeah, and then uh, that's where they uh, blew you up. had
0: Ring of Honor was doing some, some of the best wrestling in the world, and yeah. um, TNA was WWE had John Cena just. <laughs> TNA was just on the far end of its of its golden years. I I I would say they were starting to do like all of they were starting to become WCW. Um, so yeah, landscape totally shifted, totally shifted uh, since that. Yeah, that was the height of John Cena right around then. Um, yeah, ten years from now, man, it's here's the problem: is we just went underwent such an immense sea change like a month ago, less than a month ago. Yeah, yeah. And to try and extrapolate that outwards 10 years, I would say right now is nearly impossible. The the metaphorical waters have been completely muddied by everything that's just happened. I would say it's impossible to tell right now how things will settle um, just because everything is so up in the air right now. Um, We don't even, like, we've had three weeks of AEW. We don't even know where where their ratings are going to settle or if they're going to continue to drop. Uh, WWE just came out on Fox and they watched their ratings tumble within the first couple of weeks, but they have also been on FS1 uh, and against the World Series. And, and, money, and, and football and everything else is going on. So like, it's, it's hard to say right now. Um, I, I've got to be honest about this. I really have genuinely no idea. If you say a 10-year time span, I want to say that WWE will still be around because they're just too damn big. They're just too damn big. Um, they will still be around in, in some sense. Um, and every couple of eight, years,
1: they seem to jump from one cable network to another, whether it's Sci Fi or USA or you know. Yeah.
0: So uh, obviously, the two vulnerable ones here: Ring of Honor and Impact. Yeah. I think Ring of Honor right now I'm is actually
1: throw AEW in there as well as 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 vulnerable. So I
0: don't think AEW's no 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 AEW's got a lot of momentum. They've got a millionaire behind them. They're killing NXT in the ratings on TNT. I think they're they are. They are not even touchable.
1: No, they're still out right there trying now. to prove themselves though. That's what I meant by
0: that. Absolutely. Ring of Honor, however, is doing absolutely ghastly numbers yeah. for its pay-per-views. No one's going to see their shows. Um, they're looking very bad right now. They're losing talent. Um, you know, I, I think they might lose a couple of big pieces in the next couple of months. Rush might be out by December, Marty might be out in November. Like they're they're they should be scared. Ring of Honor should be very scared right now impact i feel is doing a lot of good work but no one's watching it um and i have i feel like they could be one like now that they're going to be on access tv they're one that could actually jump up and and do better but um they i mean hey they're also not terribly big right now they also could be vulnerable i think ring of honor is the most vulnerable right now Uh, of any of these ones we're talking about those are the ones i'm like they might not be here in 10 years yeah um, I don't know what NWA will be doing in 10 years. That's really tough to tell, too, because they're being so, I guess, humble would be the way I'd put it.
1: Yeah, an hour in, in YouTube how series weekly. An hour you know? free
0: YouTube series weekly. That's it. That's all they're doing. They're, they're shooting it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a studio. They could grow into something. I like the fact that they're back. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's really all like, that's the only kind of uh, prognosis or prediction I can really make right now. Is Ring of Honor might be gone, Impact might be gone, NWA not sure. WWE will be there. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm I would if I have, If I were a betting man, and I am, but I usually lose. But if I were a betting man, um, speaking of which, Nick, would you put some money on a roulette table for me later today? Sure. Okay. Um, I think that I think that WWE will be around, and honestly, like just given what I'm seeing out of AEW. I want to say AW will be around. But that's after three weeks of TV. I don't know. What do you think will still be around in 10 years, Nick?
1: You know how crazy I can get with stuff like this, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I knew what I was doing when I asked that. So
1: I want to recap what was going on in uh, the 90s leading up to you know, what happened in 2001. And we had several things. We had NWA at the start of the 90s. We had uh, WCW coming out. We ended up with Nitro and the Monday Night Wars and all of that stuff. And I think, it, you know, I'm hoping that all of these people and companies learned from history because what we saw was a sort of maniacal takeover by one egocentric billionaire <laughs> over the course of a decade. He wasn't a billionaire at the time. He made himself I, a billionaire I by understand. doing it. Took a took made the made the. Crazy decision to take the company public, which I still think is one of the ballsiest moves. You took a wrestling company public turned He's out done a lot
0: of ballsy moves, man. Yeah, solid, solid granite rock. So, I'm, I'm making balls. little
1: bullet points here because I want people to remember history. I want people to remember <laughs> what happened um, when we let one guy have control of everything. Right. And what it, what it happened is we ended up with the last 20 years of WWE and we, yeah, we had TNA and uh, what became Impact, and we had Ring of Honor, and that was kind of cool, but nobody, not many people really watched it. Uh, and it's mostly been WWE since. Now we are at this inflection point again this month, literally this month, and you could say 2019 in general, with sort of the fall of Ring of Honor, Impact dwindling to an extent, even though they're still doing really good stuff and have really good people over there. Uh, and you had the rise of AEW off of last year's All Out bet, right? So now, as of January this year, you had AEW rise. WWE's floundering a little bit, even in the wake of two billion dollar deals with both USA and uh, Fox.
0: You think that you think right now that they're floundering? Is that the word you'd want to use for them right now?
1: Yeah, because, uh. because I, I I don't know. I don't know another word. Another word's not coming to mind. It, they're def- sure. AEW feels like there's been a plan. Like It feels like they're executing on a plan. Yes. WWE, it, there's no plan. <laughs> the, the benefit of WWE is that they do have that guy that was the maniacal leader that took them the distance. Sure. And everybody still gives him that vote of confidence in, yes. internally because look at what he did 20 years ago. He he saved wrestling, quote-unquote.
0: Fa- depending of on your syndrome. perspective, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely doing air quotes when I say saved wrestling. Um, but at the end of the day, we that's what we've had. So if we want to, with the out- rise of the XS- XFL, him getting um, older, you know, not getting younger, but still looks like perpetually going to be at the head of the chair or head at the table for WWE – This is an interesting inflection point for me, whether it's 2019 or even this month with everything going to different networks and AEW officially starting, NWA officially starting, all of this stuff happening literally right now. There's no way to judge the short term. But if we look at this 10 years out, I hope everybody remembers the lessons of history. So 10 years looking out, could there be, could Tony Khan be the next Vince McMahon? Mm, no I'm not talking about personality wise I'm talking about from a business dealings perspective could Tony Khan pull some moves with all of with all the money in the that they've got and the influence in the entertainment industry with the Jaguars and other other ventures that they have commercial real estate all kinds of ventures that they got going on could he make some ballsy moves like what Vince made in the late 90s and early 2000s maybe so I mentioned, you guys might have heard me mention yesterday that AEW could go up and say, how many zeros impact do I need to put on the check? Mm, yeah. Stuff like that is what I think about. When I think of big picture 10-year plans, I'm thinking of stuff like that where you can build an empire because that's what you need to do. That's what Vince did, and that's what AEW is going to need to do. if they.
0: Well, they're going to need some, some serious grit then because yeah. one of the things that made Vince Vince was his – he just it's it, it, when it's businessman that guy is ruthless right absolutely ruthless and you have, I don't you know have if, to have
1: that as a ceo you absolutely yeah, i don't there's there has to be know. some compassion there to an extent but at the same time as a businessman you have to be all or all in i don't right? i don't know if
0: i feel that from from tony khan and aw guys i don't know if they have that but i'm saying over the course yet.
1: of 10 years since to andy's yeah. question i i want to see if tony khan can, can pull off some of the same moves that Vince did in the 90s that got True. him to where he and WWE are today.
0: They would have to. They would have to to, to, to survive. Yeah. I agree.
1: So Great yeah. question. When going to a
0: very, very interesting 10 years, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll tell you what.
1: Last but certainly not least, uh, Mr. Patrick snuck his in here uh, at the last minute. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you guys for being awesome patrons, too, uh, if I don't say that enough. Uh, Patrick asks, Scenario... Sir, Ian dangerous okay. all right you're getting ma- getting married well okay this got oh, weird okay. all so of a sudden is, hang on well, this is a fan this is a fantasy right. scenario you're getting married and you need five groomsmen and someone to officiate which wrestlers past or present would you pick to be your groomsman huh. and the officiant oh god well i'm definitely having the fink uh, announce everybody as they come down the aisle. <laughs> now entering the ceremony. Now entering the square circle, and by that
0: I mean the church <laughs> walkway. Nicholas, ho oh. get well, get well, Fink. I know he's not doing well right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any that are off the top of your head here, groomsmen, and the, who would officiate <sighs> Sir Ian Dangerous's wedding? So. This is hard. I
0: mean, the <laughs> my first thought would be dudes that are going to throw me a hell of a bachelor party. And so right off the bat, I've got to go. I mean, this, this is just, this is just cause off the top of my head, you know, you have to have a little bit of the bubbly. So Chris <laughs> Jericho would have to be there. Um, I know I'd want someone to bring the beers So stone cold, Steve Austin. Uh, so right there, okay, I got champagne and beer covered. Um illicit substances, Razor Ramon. Okay, let's say prime era Razor Ramon would have to be there. Scott Hall like in his prime. Yeah. Hey yo. So that's that <laughs> Here comes the bad guy. Um let's see. Uh I'll throw in Kazuchika Okada just so I can have someone throw money around. I don't know why I picked that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> he seems like the good guy that would tell on everybody. He seems everybody. like
0: a good dude. He seems like a good dude. Well, he also Why not? seems like the
1: you know, he's the goody two shoe that would tell on everybody. He is a,
0: what? He is not. He's a he's a he's a total. His character is a playboy, rich, throwing money, I don't care kind of dude. He's like he's like a young Rick Flair. Rick Flair. There's the other one. Rick Flair. Rick Flair would be number five. There's a lineup: Stone Cold, Jericho, Razor Ramon, Rick Flair, and Kazuchika Okada. would be my groomsmen. There's a lineup. Uh, that's a that's going to be a party of a wedding, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be a party. Uh, as far as the officiator, uh, this is this one is the most clear for me. James Mitchell, the sinister minister. Come on, it's got to be him.
1: Red guy. I'm red guy. Come I'm on. gonna go. My Mike Kyoto as the official. Oh god. Because I want you and your Kyoto I want love, somebody dude. that is like overly animated. Ta- <laughs> it,
0: uh, he'd take it so seriously though. He would. He would.
1: Uh I want him to give a three count uh as I kiss the bride. You know, that all kinds of fun stuff <laughs> like that. And then maybe I pull out right before uh sorry, pull back, not pull out, sorry. Are we I got really weird over right here, all of a man. Whoa. Maybe I whoa, pull back whoa. and he throws up a two and everybody in the crowd goes two, three. Uh. Uh just fun stuff like that. I, I want overly animated, overly dramatic Mike Kyoto officiating. Um for mine, it's uh, it's very obviously gonna be Ric Flair um because beers and just his animated because personality. Everything I, I want him yeah. to just woo the entire ceremony. Uh I'm well, gonna you know,
0: you know you'd get a limo, you know you get a jet, you know you'd get Gator shoes. Yeah. It'd be, a, it'd be a hell of a wedding.
1: I think I'm gonna have um Yeah, it's I'm torn between John Cena and Ric Flair as the, like the stylists, but it's probably going to lean toward. I'm going to actually Flair's going to bring the booze. Cena's going to choose our outfits. Cena's going to going to choose our. Cena
0: is going to choose your outfits. Yeah, so not, you're all going to be dressed as gear. But I mean, if you see oh. the dude outside
1: of the, you know, outside of wrestling, is one of, him yeah. and him and Rock are two of the most well dressed dudes in the in the world. Are you
0: out of your mind? Nick Aldis right now is probably the best dressed guy in wrestling. That's,
1: that is a fair fair point. Uh I'm still going to stick with Cena. Oh my god. Uh I'm going to have terrible. I've got to have The Rock and I've got to have Stone Cold. And that's for Who's my outlier? What?
0: Why? Uh, like just because you like them? Because I like them. They have to be in the You know,
1: mark? because I because I'm a, an attitude era mark, if, era if mark. nothing okay. else. That's, as long as we're clear on that. Yeah. Um and I think we've been pretty clear about that this whole show. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm trying to the fifth one I'm struggling with and I'm trying to think of someone that maybe that had an influence on me as a fan. Don't hurt yourself. I'm struggling with it. This is supposed to be this.
0: fun. This is supposed to be fun, man.
1: My gut wants to say Daniel Bryan, but I don't agree with all of the stuff that he believes in. No,
0: so. you, come on, man. You wouldn't be able to serve meat at your wedding. Right, no, we you wouldn't. We you, have, we're, we're everyone would fillet. have to get there in electric limos, no, like that would no be no chicken.
1: fun. You don't eat red meat, you're not invited. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm seriously, you should have seen the steak I ate last night. We're um, going
0: to have a cow, and everyone's going to tear off a piece.
1: You know what? Otis Dozovich is in charge of catering. <laughs> there we go. There we go.
0: Oh, no. He's, everyone's going to have protein shakes for dinner. Yep. With, with his special added ingredient. With,
1: with bone-in 35-ounce ribeyes. Oh, just steaks tomahawk. and weights. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: you would have you would have some damn good steaks if you got those boys <laughs> working your wedding. That's for sure. Good point.
1: Oh, man. So there you go, guys. Uh, you know, it, we all have our fans. We all have people that we are fans of, I should say. Oh, okay. There you go. And there's people that I would – I think all of those guys I would just – I was trying to think of people I just want to hang out with. And like you said, throw a really bomb bachelor party. And who would I be okay hanging around for an hour while Mike Kyoto over dramatically officiated a wedding and read the whatever the, the the vows and all that stuff uh yeah i, I think that's the group of people i'd want to hang out with especially you know at the bachelor party but at the reception as well they'd all be out there well, dancing, just, they'd just all be just out there make drinking sure, and having a good time
0: make sure you don't invite uh hansen from war machine because i think they might you know I, I wouldn't want him to accidentally get married to your future bride instead of you because they mistook him for you right that would be awkward. That would
1: be very awkward. Don't invite for him. sure.
0: Don't invite him. No. Yeah. No.
1: Thank you, Patrick. That's a fun question. Uh, those are the kinds of stuff, weird things that we like. Thank you very much for that. Uh, he also asked, do you have any tips or advice for someone who might want to start doing a podcast? Oh. Thank you for all the great content and everything you guys do every week to bring us this gold to our eye and ear holes. You're welcome, sir. Thank, thank you, brother. Thank you.
0: For- um, br- tips or advice someone who wants to start doing a podcast? Just do it i mean yeah
1: i don't don't overthink it um
0: nick has a lot because he's the tech guy
1: well i have a lot because i've been doing podcasting since 2011 and it for almost 10 years now uh several different whether it was in tech or whether it was tv and movies or whether it was wrestling or story and narration you know serial episodic kind of stuff as a voiceover artist i've I've done all of those and the Make sure, right now, I'll throw some stats at you guys, just so you know. Just recently, Apple crested 750,000 podcasts in total. Now, this one's going to blow your mind, if that one didn't. Only 35% of those 750,000 had an episode published in the last 90 days. What's happening right now in podcasting is is something, it's just oversaturation. And it's one of the reasons that we wanted to branch out to YouTube. It's one of the reasons that we wanted or to expand. It's one of the reasons that I personally wanted to build a presence on Twitch, playing the game and hanging out with you guys. Live streaming is sort of the next iteration um, or epoch shift in content creation uh, around what, what podcasting did for that that stuff. The technology is now advanced to the point that the consumer can spend a couple of hundred bucks and become a live streamer. And we're already starting to see an oversaturation in live streaming as well. So my, the point I'm trying to make is that m- spend some time, plan, make sure you have identified your audience. One of the shows we launched recently, I'll do a quick aside just to give a concrete example. We launched a new show recently called Swiping Up at Orbital Jigsaw. And it is uh, three girls that talk about Instagram influencers and they give all their great stuff. The brilliant way that they launched their show was that they built an Instagram audience first. And if I could give one tip to anybody out there that wanted to start a podcast, it would be try to build an audience first. The hardest thing about creating content is the heartbreak in nobody seeing or listening to your content. And when you spend all this time and effort and money creating something, building something, uh, it can be a little bit heartbreaking and defeating uh, when you don't have a follow, we're blessed with all of you wonderful patrons and all of our fans that are out there listening to this. Yeah, we're we're a bit Thank of a fluke
0: guys. because we actually we found our audience the traditional way where, yeah, you know, I, I, and what's funny is we almost kind of got lucky because um, we've had a lot of people kind of stumble onto us. But because of that are, quote, other show, <laughs> yeah, which we didn't even realize existed. No, um, had, for so, the
1: record, guys, we had no idea that that thing existed <laughs> when we created this one. Yeah, we just searched podcasts. We didn't search uh, uh,
0: series or what is it? What are they on? Series shows, XM or whatever. The hell yeah. Is so on? Yeah. Uh, whatever. At any rate, you know, it is what it is now. But um, at the end of the day, like we for, for the 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 audience that we have, like we have a pretty large audience at this point. Um, Obviously, relatively speaking, we have a long way to go, long way to go, but we're doing really well. And that's just, I honestly feel like kind of luck, like given the number of podcasts that I see go out there and just kind of, you know, no one finds them. No one really listens to them. Um,
1: And the ultimate result of that is a phenomenon we call pod fading. You know, at a certain point, you just feel defeated. Nobody's listening. Why are you even bothering? And that's why a lot of podcasts don't make it past episode 10 or 20. Yeah. And here we are, three years in, 169, 70 episodes now. And and we feel like, as content creators, we're really just getting started. We've been blessed with this uh, resurgence in professional wrestling that has happened just this month. That also and, helped. And <laughs> it definitely helped, but it also encouraged us to do more. And you guys' uh, support and encouragement also played into that in a big way so thank you for that but the yeah. the, the phenomenon of pod fading is real it's the reason that there's seventy seven hundred and fifty thousand shows out there that if you look at them haven't posted an episode since 2016
0: and i think that if, if, if we're looking you know to give patrick ideas or anybody listening to this ideas on if you're starting a a, a podcast one of the things you know yes build your audience um however you can you know Preferably before you start the show, like while you're planning out the show, start building the audience, start building it now while you're, while you're getting it going. Once it's going, continue to build your own. Don't assume by putting out a podcast, people will automatically listen. Um, It's a lot of work. But, but then, but then beyond that is consistency. Yeah. you like, if you set yourself a goal to do one podcast a month, one podcast a week, whatever it is consistency and that's and that's one thing nick that, that like here we are like we can't we couldn't get our youtube channel to work this week because of you know you're in the mandalay bay and uh and they, they you know their internet isn't up to snuff but we still got to put out the we still got to do the show show still got to happen um and that that's that that prioritization i think is something that um a lot of podcasts need to have where the consistency of content needs to be there so be prepared to have that be a schedule yeah going forward if you're going to start one even even and that's, with your
1: day job even with all that stuff even with me traveling to vegas the show must go on right so there's yeah. there's contingencies and planning and social sharing and building audiences and things like that so mm-hmm. my my advice that i've learned is number one be patient number two what ian just said consistency and cadence um and number three Focus on the people that support you. Ignore the people that troll you. That you know give you negative reviews. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the haters. They're a very real part of podcasting. There are people that are just miserable folks that go out of their way (laughs) to tell you how bad you are and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just you just shrug Uh, it off, you know. I've dealt with so much of that throughout my career, and through podcasting, and through online engagement, and being a public figure. Even on this show, when I talk
0: shit to you, yeah, Yeah, it's just it is what it is, you know. Sometimes Nick just has to ignore me, and we'd move forward.
1: Yeah, even though we all we both know I'm wrong. Part of this, you know, in in full (laughs) full disclosure, you know, part of this is playing a character, playing a part. And even we have our own level of kayfabe. Nick, where it kayfabe, open. no, hey, kayfabe. I'm sorry, kayfabe. Kayfabe. What are you doing? Kayfabe died like in '92, I've, right? You're gonna die. You keep this up. <laughs> Be patient. I will focus come on your content. Through this microphone. Uh, it it don't assume that if you build it, they will come. There is real work involved. There is polishing of graphics. There is social media sharing. Uh, all the different accounts and the management and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes for really successful shows. And we've been able to do that ourselves, uh, but it's, it's really gotten, it, there's a certain point where you start to hire uh, people to do that um, just to be able to deliver more stuff. Cause there's only so many hours in the day. So yeah. it, and in the beginning thing is focus on how your, much
0: time, how much time do you have to yeah. dedicate to it? Like yeah. that's cause that is a very real thing. You know, we have other friends who do podcasts as well to varying degrees of success. And some of them, Literally, it's all they do. They wake up in the morning and they do stuff for their podcast. They go to sleep at night after having done stuff for their podcast all day long. Other people literally have two, three hours a week that they spend on it, and they do what they can do. Yeah. So it's just a matter of how much time you can invest on Except it. And, very real and expectations realistic for yourself. Realistic—that's realistic. a great yeah.
1: word. Yeah, realistic expectations uh of how much you want to invest in it as well mm-hmm. we could talk about it. i could talk about podcasting and all that Yeah, stuff we can do a whole
0: episode just on on the experience of podcasting because yeah, it's certainly learned, you know yeah the less right 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 i, I mean i wish we'd uh, we actually, Center, actually one of our you know? one of our listeners uh andy jessup the champ actually started his, his own podcast called the mark and you know just in the in the few episodes he's had out so far he, i know he's learned a lot of lessons and um, you know he's gotten better in just in those few episodes like that's that's just how podcasting works is sometimes you just have to go and just do it to learn what you need to learn personally about it because there's some things we can't tell you because we don't know you know and sometimes it's just you have to go and uh, do it yourself if you have and questions
1: and you want to research some stuff or you want to look into the other the strifes the daily strifes that people have there's a great Facebook group called podcast movement community and there's about 26,000 other podcasters in there uh, that all, they post mostly the same questions every other day. And it's what mic to use and how do I do this and how do I do that? And there's a, it's a very, very helpful community that I'm a part of, I engage in as well. And it's we try to ush, help and usher in new podcasters uh, to come along and be con. The idea is just being content creators. You know, if you just want to be a content creator, that's a mindset that you have to get into.
0: It really is, man. Like it's, it's actually crazy in the last few years the way that my mind has had to shift from the way I used to schedule things in my life yeah. to now that I'm on this regular content creation schedule. It's wild. It's weird, man. It's weird. <laughs> so anyway, Nick, yeah, like you said, we could talk about this for hours, but we don't have hours. This is just one show. Yes, it is. And uh, I know you have to go do some fun stuff in Vegas. So
1: if by fun stuff, you mean work. Yes, I I do have to go do that. that
0: It was a quotation,
1: quotations, (laughs) air quotes, right? Well, guys, thank you very much for this. I hope you're enjoying enjoying the new patron mailbag series. I know we're having a blast being able to spend more time on it. But uh, this video will go up on YouTube eventually so that you guys uh, on YouTube will be able to see it as well. Uh, It'll just be a banner graphic with some audio, but it's still up there. For consistency, right? Just what we were preaching about. Hey! But this will definitely be in the feed for you guys as well. Uh, and be sure and uh, enjoy the episode 169 that went up there. Sorry that was a little bit late, but. Thank you guys for being patient with it as I am hitting some unexpected road bumps here in Vegas this week, but come join us in Facebook. Uh, Just search for busted wide open and you can uh, like our page and join our discussion group, which is kind of the hub of our operation over there and be sure to click on that link to join the discord community for all the live chats and conversations that go on throughout the week and at pay-per-views. That's where all that spoilerific kind of content is and you can engage with each other and have chats and us uh, as shows are happening throughout the week. So be sure and join us over in our Discord community. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Open. Make sure you hit that little notification bell so you get alerted anytime I schedule new live events for our live show, live streams. Uh, and any new videos we might put up, you'll get a nice reminder uh, and notification that we put up some new content. YouTube.com slash Open. We're on the race to a thousand subscribers so you guys can help us get there. Last but certainly not least, the reason that we have this patron mail. Bag is because of you patrons thank you very much for sending in all your great questions every single week uh we're very happy to put out this special dedicated series just for you guys um, yeah. and not bury it at the end of the show under listener questions like we did for so long it's it's time to highlight you guys and this show is for all of you so thank you very much for your contributions if you'd like to get in on some of that and uh, contribute your questions every single week for just $5 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers. And yes, if you missed out on it, patrons, since this show is for you, you definitely want to go and hit the October bonus episode because that one was a special surprise that we finally decided to share with you guys from last year uh, around Lucha Underground, an opportunity that we had. So make sure you read all the text and get the full story and enjoy the episode recapping season one of lucha underground and i guess now for november we're going to be doing yeah uh, no, i guess we, now question. we know what we're going to do yep so hang yeah. on hang on josh we'll get back to you in november on that one with a full bonus episode but guys thank you very much for all your support over at patreon.com bwo my name is nick howell you can find me on twitter at data center dude and i am surrey and dangerous
0: you can find me on twitter at surrey and dangerous but
1: God, Would somebody stop the damn match